What's up, everyone? It's Captain Kyle Smith, and this week I sat down for a morning meeting with San Diego Fire Captain Alex Kane. Alex outlines a simple path towards success in business, real estate, and stock market investing. He says it's simple to be successful in investing, but he also warns that it's not easy. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, hey, Alex, welcome to the bullpen. Thanks for meeting me. Hey, thanks, Kyle. Thanks hey, for inviting man. me, dude. Yeah, man, I'm really excited to have you here. I've heard um, so many just cool stories around the fire stations about the things that you get into. You're one of those guys that, that, um, is very active in our fire department and um, has your, your, you know, sort of your hands in a bunch of different um, areas. And I want to really dive into that. But before we get into all that stuff, um, how has the pandemic sort of affected things at the Kane household? Well, um, well, first off, happy Halloween. And that kind of the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, this is uncharted territory. I have two girls. They're nine and 11. My wife, she's a nurse. So she's also that essential worker. She's being exposed to COVID patients, you know, uh, on a regular basis, although they have good pro protocols at the hospital. But man, I'm telling you, um, it's been hard. I'm not quite sure exactly what we're going to do tonight. I got candy on the standby. I don't know if we're going to trick or treat. There's still so many unknowns, but uh, it's been rough. Like I'm sure it's been rough for every firefighter out there and just about every American or everybody in the world, but um, we're making it happen. You know, I'm finding a lot of positives that are coming out of this being able to be home more often and focusing on family. So we're making it happen. Yeah, for sure. I hear that a lot from people uh, on the morning meeting where they're saying the same sort of things like nobody asked for this, but we're all going to get through it. And the nice thing about us as firefighters and first responders is we're professional problem solvers. So we want, we are recording this today on Halloween, 2020. Um, the, this episode won't come out for another couple of weeks, but um, we're going to figure it out. we we have no slides for this particular point in history, but we're, we're slowly kind of trying to get ourselves back into to some sense of normalcy. Um, but yeah, I want to just dig into your, uh, your first alarm. You ready to get this thing going? Let's go. All right, cool. As you will well know, at San Diego Fire Department, a first alarm assignment includes four engines and a truck. But here at the firehouse, I'll ask you four questions. You give us one piece of advice. You ready? Let's do it. All right, well, you're going to be first in on your first alarm, and you know when you're first in, you got to give a size up. That's who you are, where you work, and how long you've been doing it. Okay, Alex Kane, San Diego Fire, Fire uh, Captain Paramedic, Fire Station 12B Division, a little over 18 years on the job. Right on. So people that are listening to this that aren't from the San Diego Fire Department, uh, where is Fire Station 12? Fire Station 12 is in the Imperial, uh, we call it in Canada area. Um, off of Imperial and Euclid. Right on, that's right off the 805. Yeah, right southeast on. San Diego. Yeah, southeastern San Diego. Um, great firehouse. I spent a good part of my backseat time uh, at 12s. I love it there. Uh, and I'm stoked to see you there myself. Um, when you asked, when you came on the job, um, what sort of financial background did you have? Can you just talk about like the, the, the early stages of your career and, and how you how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, when I came on the job, I had zero, nothing. Um, my my beginning on, in, in this career was when I was in high school. I was a senior year, didn't really have a lot going on. I was pretty good at academics, but I was more into skating and surfing and hanging out with my friends. Uh, didn't really have direction. So I got into the Explorer program at Chula Vista. Um, they pretty much guided me on how to get on the fire service, but I realized once I, I made made it on that I was going to have to get my life experience on my own. Yeah, for sure. And uh, again, those are listening that aren't familiar. Chula Vista is our neighboring 
department, uh, neighboring city. They have a fantastic program called the Explorer Program that is similar to ours, our cadet program that is a great way for young folks to uh, get an introduction to the fire service. If, if uh, anybody is interested in, in learning more about that, I'll make a link in the notes for the Explorers from Chula Vista and the San Diego Fire Cadets. Um, so if you had no experience, no financial literacy, no financial education coming on the job, which most of us don't, um, the extent of it we get in the academy is, uh, here's sign here, these are where you're gonna get your benefits, these are your benefits, um, and then here's a, here's a place where you can do your banking at the San Diego Firefighters Credit Union. And that's about it. Um, I am happy to, announce, to, to let you know that um, I'm just now starting a new financial literacy class for our 90th Fire Academy. We started it in the 89th and we're going to continue it in the 90th and hopefully um, from there on out, just so people as they're coming through that are like you, that are like me and didn't know the first thing about anything can get off on the right foot. Um, but with that, like who taught you, who showed you the ropes? So I would say my first like real touch on learning any type of financial literacy would be uh, my first job was a Santee firefighter and there's a Captain Houston. He was really big into deferred compensation. Uh, he would pull all the probies aside and be like, hey, kid, listen up. You got to start putting money away for, for your retirement. You know, I'm on the job for three months and I'm just worrying about throwing my VA and pulling hose lines. And he's already talking to me about retirement. But uh, it's, it's actually really important. It's, it, you don't have to save a lot um, early. You just got to save something and you got to start. And it's, it's all about growth. So that was my real first touch on retirement, maybe buying some mutual funds and kind of just, you know, that's good enough. And that was a good base. Um, in retrospect, I think my first touch on financial literacy was from my dad. Um, it was always about living within your means, which I kind of see that as an issue with our, our fire service today with the amount of overtime and the amount of mandatories and the extra income that we have coming in. We kind of have a distorted sense of, what our true base salary is. And it kind of leads to problems because guys kind of get this disassociation of what they would make without overtime, what they can afford, and then what they see on their W-2 at the end of the year and what they can afford. Because uh, we tend to be pushed, not necessarily by choice, but we're pushed to, to work in extra shifts, which it elevates our earnings. But in my opinion, it's not really sustainable over a 30 year, 35 year career. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. We've had a we had a, fire, a hiring freeze about eight years ago um, with brownouts here in the city of San Diego, and ever since then we've been playing catch up with our with our staffing levels. And because of that, people are being forced to work overtime and have been for now. Yeah, like I said, seven or eight years. And so those folks that have come on in that time frame, all they've ever known is an unlimited amount of overtime, more overtime than they actually really want, being forced back to work. But like you're saying that totally distorts your base salary. And if you get used to, you know, just, just living your life, like overtime is never going away. Well, it eventually is. And that's an, that is an express um, goal of the city is to get rid of overtime. And that, that message has to be clear. And, and sometimes, you know, we beat on the drum, Hey, don't rely on overtime to pay, to pay your bills. And it sort of starts to get drowned out. It sort of starts to get forgotten about, but it's a real thing. And for those of us that were here before brownouts, um, people that were living on overtime wages prior to that and then saw overtime completely disappear really, really got hurt. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was, that was an eye-opening 
I actually lost a, a, one of my first property, my first real estate investment during that period. And we can get into it a little later, but um, I learned a lot from going from having that overtime when you wanted it to not at all. And then you kind of have to readjust the way you look at things. But it was also empowering because I learned something really important at that point. It was like, hey man, don't rely on your employer to give you all your dreams and have this perfect life. You got to take ownership over it and you have to actually do the hard work and, and dig in and make you know small investments over time. And you can achieve those goals. Just don't rely on on your back, working all these extra shifts, all these extra hours and expecting the city or whoever your employer is to just give you everything you want. You got to go out there and get it just in different means, different ways. Yeah, man. I, I talked about that with Ben Vernon recently on a morning meeting that I'll link here. Um, that exact same thing, man, that we, we have to be accountable to ourselves, to our significant others, to our families and to each other to, to at a minimum get educated. Like so many of our folks, we come on with no, no background in this stuff. And so it feels like overwhelming. How, how am I supposed to not have to rely on the city for my paycheck? What, how do I do this? Well, number one, you got to get educated. Take one step today by listening to this podcast. Take one step tomorrow by checking out a book at the library. Do something. Take action towards your, your goals of financial independence or financial freedom or whatever that goal is. You have to be accountable. And, um, you know, hearing you say that, man, is just right, right on the mark. And I love the thing you said about your, your former captain uh, at, in the city of Santee, another neighboring department, taking you under his wing a little bit and showing you and explaining to you some of the basics, right? Because it is, that's, that's like a, a tenant of the fire service is that mentorship. And he was mentoring you in a part of our job that doesn't really get discussed that much. And I think it's incumbent upon people like yourself, like me, to pass that along, right? That's the best way we can thank those guys that, that helped us with some of that stuff is to pass it on to the next generation. Yeah, you know, I agree with you 100%. And like my perspective with when I'm talking to my firefighters or, or new firefighters that get in the job, I try to take it a step further. It's not just, hey, invest in your deferred comp, just put money away, you'll be fine. It's like what you're saying, you have to educate yourself. Um, I would say the most important thing to educate yourself is, is on finance on, and how, how money works, how money is lent, how interest works, and how the interest that you pay is applicable to the tax code and, and the, the bracket that you're in. If you can, I'm not even saying mastery, if you can get a good working knowledge of finance, the possibilities are endless. And you know, one of the things when you're at the fire station is firefighters are great. Firefighters, uh, they gather information, they have diverse backgrounds and they will give advice freely, willingly, just good advice. Um, the thing is though, you see a lot of firefighters are like, no man, this is the way, this is the way that we're doing it. Hey, everybody's doing Robin Hood right now or three years ago, everybody's doing Bitcoin and you know, now everybody is wanting to buy real estate and that's great, but uh, you have to be well-rounded and you have to back it up with your own knowledge, which will reveal your own truths to you on what your, your motivation is on why you even want to do this in the first place. Cause that's kind of like the base of everything. What motivates you to even worry about the future, worry about investing, securing your own financial freedom, Oh, God, that is just right on the money, man. It, I'm hearing you say 
diversify your investments so you're not just reliant on one stream of income. I'm hearing you say understanding your why or what what gets you up out of the out of bed each day, trying to to get down the path towards financial independence. Man, that is that is the essence of what the firehouse exists for is to to help people understand those things. Can you just touch on what are some of the biggest mistakes you see our folks making? Is it following the herd? Is it is it just blind blind following? Is it um, apathy? What's what's the biggest mistake you see folks make? You know, when it, realistically, the biggest mistake is that they want it right now. So they, they have this idea. I don't know. It was propaganda that maybe the banks came up with back in the fifties, like your dream home. So you see firefighters and they're saving up their money. They have lots of overtime. They're saving it up, waiting to make that one time purchase of their dream home. And the way, I don't even know if the house I'm living in is my dream home. I like it. But my first place was a condo in Golden Hill. And at the time, Golden Hill wasn't as bougie as it is now. And, and you know what? But it was a start. Whether you're following the herd or not, I'd rather, I'd rather have a firefighter follow the herd take action. You got to take action. You can't just sit there and overthink it, you know, analysis paralysis or over analysis, whatever paralysis that I'm like, I'd rather you just take action, follow the herd and get burned at the age of 25 and learn a lesson than not taking any action. But the idea that you're going to get up to the plate and hit a home run on your first time up, that's what fire, they want this instant gratification. Like, Hey, this is my four bedroom, three bath house with a beautiful view of the pool in the backyard. Uh, but you know what, the city of San Diego or whatever your employer is not giving me enough money to get it. And this is not fair. I'm like, you got to work your way there and you'll get there. It, this is very actually easy. You just have to take one step at a time. And it's a long game. It's not, hey, man, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to have everything figured out. Yeah, 100%, man. It's, a, it's the part about, um, you know, time in the market is more important than timing the market you just have to get in. And that, I think that's part of what draws us to this line of work is we like, we like solving problems. We like the excitement of the, of the work that we do, but investing should be boring. It should be boring. It should just be step-by-step step over long periods of time. And, and it's like that consistent, relentless execution of the boring basics is what leads to, leads you to success down the line. But I think you're exactly right that, and I don't think it's a generational thing. I don't think that's fair on the, the newer folks. I think yeah. it's a natural thing, man, is I, I've saved all this money. I've worked really hard. I want something great to show for it. Well, for people here investing in this real estate market, especially in Southern California, that's not reality. You're not, you will never be able to save your money up fast enough to be able to compete in this real estate market. It's just not possible, but you can do it with a little bit of, um, savings so you can work your way into a down payment and then there's so many um, strategies you can use and, and you can use let's I'll give one you get into a, a, a condo that you can afford you said in Golden Hill for people that don't know back in the day Golden Hill wasn't it wasn't a really bad part of town but it wasn't like you said it's not the way it is today which is a very nice part of town but you get into a place that you can afford and slowly maybe you get a roommate or something and, and you help you have them help you pay down the mortgage over time, you're using that inflation combined with the mortgage, um, the mortgage reduction. So maybe you can exchange that into something better. Use a 1031 exchange, you defer your taxes uh, indefinitely, and then you slowly build up over time. And, and that's a really great way of doing it. 
you just have to fight the urge of hitting that home run right out of the box. No, you're just trying to get a base hit. You got to get up to the plate and take some swings. That's, That's right. It. That's it. Um, with all that being said, do you have a favorite mistake that you made? Yeah, I would say, actually, before I get into that, going back to what we're talking about, that's why I kind of want to reiterate the importance of learning finance. Because like you said, there's, it's all about strategy. In order for you to develop a strategy, you have to know what game you're playing and you need to know the rules. When it comes to buying real estate, it's all about financing, how you're going to get the money, how you're going to leverage yourself and how that the, um, the interest rate you're going to pay. You can buy a house with 0% down. You can buy a house with 5% down, 10% down. You can find hard money loans. But if you don't educate yourself, you don't even know what those things are. So that, you know, going, going there, I think that if, if I were to talk to a new, not if, when I talk to the next firefighter, it's like, hey, man, read some books, focus on finance, and then, you know, know the rules, or at least start to learn the rules and then move forward. In regards to my favorite mistake, you know, I always try to find positive and bad things. And I guess my favorite mistake would be with that condo that we were talking about. You know, I was going to get married. I was in the process of getting married and I was like, you said, you're, we're building up slowly. I was able to get some equity in my condo. I pulled some equity out and I put it down on the, my first house that I was setting up for my wife and I to move into. Um, my mistake came when I rented it out. I had um, a couple people that had applied for it immediately because I was probably under market value. Um, and I was just leading towards this mom and daughter um, that wanted to rent it. They were real estate professionals. Okay, cool. No big deal. There's other people that had good jobs and they would be, everybody was going to be able to pay the rent on paper, but the crash happened, you know, the stock, the housing bubble hit and the first per people to get hit by the housing bubble bursting was real estate. And it got to the point where they couldn't make their payments. I was, I bought a house that was like right at the tip of what I could afford. But when you throw on top the condo that I'm not getting paid on, I'm making my payments. I was over leveraged. So I went through the eviction process and I actually went through it twice with these folks. They were able to get some subsidies and, and that was okay for six months. And then we went right back to where we were at. I had to evict them. Um, boy, if you want to talk about stress, you know, getting married, having a new house, being over leveraged, having uh you're caring for your renters because you're, you're seeing the pain that they're going through uh, but yet having to evict them i learned a lot from that because i was dealing with a lot of stress and i was able to kind of learn what my why was why am i doing this why am i exposing myself to this much instability and what is my end goal is it to to do this for the rest of my life the answer was no but what I learned was say, hey, I can recover from this and I can regroup and then I can pivot forward. And you know what? I've, I've actually done that. I've bought, I purchased more real estate and I just learned a, less, a big lesson on that. That's perfect, man. That, that's us, right? That's the, the essence of a professional problem solver is things don't ever go exactly the way you anticipate them going on the fire ground. But it's not like you just give up and, and you know, throw your sucker in the sand and, and never do it again. No, you have to, you have to adapt. You have to pivot. You have to figure out a different angle. And that's those men firefighting or, or this profession lends itself so well to investing because we, we get knocked down. 
but then we brush ourselves up off and we get back up and, and we you know we fight another day that that is a, a really important thing for people to understand is that this isn't this isn't um while it's simple it's not easy right because if it was absolutely everybody would do it but the people that are successful is they take steps they take action but then when things don't go wrong they figure out a way to solve them that's uh that's a huge thing man now you've talked a lot about um you know getting educated and understanding the rules particularly with how it relates to finance is there a is there a resource that you know you could offer us that is a a must-have for anybody that's interested in getting into real estate or starting a business or something like that is there one resource that stands out for you well so with my story is um I kind of, I was kind of fortunate. So one of the biggest resources that I had in becoming, I wouldn't even say financial literate, but learning to be working towards financial literacy is, was my girlfriend slash my wife at the time. Uh, when we started dating, she was a loan processor and she, she knew everything about underwriting, title insurance, uh, escrow, um, financing, all these, all these things. And um, I would just picking her brain. And she was teaching me all these things about how this system works. So I had like this insider's view. Now, not everybody's going to have that opportunity to, to be married to somebody that knows this stuff, but they all know somebody that is currently a loan processor or somebody that's in the real estate market that they can actually seek like, um, like a mentor or a guide in learning this. But if you don't have that and you say you don't know anybody, like there's real estate agents and they're a dime a dozen. Um, a lot of them are actually not well versed in finance is what I've learned. I used to be a real estate agent, so I know this for sure. They don't teach you anything about finance. They teach you how to sell and they teach you the California laws regarding real estate. And you learn a little bit about finance, but they usually defer that to loan officers, which a lot of loan officers are also just salesmen, salespeople that uh, get fed packages and they're trying to, to feed us, make sales. But um, there's also just like a ton of great books, like you mentioned earlier about going to the library, and especially with audio books now, the Audible, there's, there's just unlimited resources. Um, I'm probably gonna butcher up his last name, but Robert Kiyosaki, I believe. He, he has a simple book, easy read. You can read it in two days, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's basically kind of gearing you towards the, the basics of investing, the basics of finance, the basics of leveraging yourself in a positive way. Um, so go to the library, talk to some people that are, are in the business, and then you know slowly work towards that. So books and then seeking a mentor. No, that's perfect. A couple of things with that that I just want to dig into. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad is actually free on YouTube for those that are listening. Um, you download the whole entire thing and, and it is free. So, and that's a fantastic book. I've read it myself uh, a couple of times, actually. Um, leveraging your network is what you're saying. We, we, as firefighters, we have a huge network of folks that we can lean on. That's part of what the, the morning meeting at the firehouse is all about is, is leveraging my network and, and trying to bring that message to a broader, a broader uh, scope. But then too, when you're looking for a mentor, don't just show up on a mentor's doorstep. Don't just email a mentor, somebody that you want to have them mentor you. Provide a service to them. Come to them by adding something to their lives and do that by, it's like when you were trying to get hired. You would do absolutely anything to, to find somebody that you could do a ride along with, 
And what do you do when you show up? You bring them what? You bring them ice cream. You bring them cookies. You bring them whatever. Bring your mentor some value. Don't just knock on their door and expect them to do everything for you. Why would a mentor want that? They're, yeah. they're already where they're trying to get to, or they're on their own journey. They're on their own path. Show up and, and bring them something that they that will be beneficial to them. It's a, This whole thing is a two-way street, but it is really important. Finding somebody that is willing to take you under their wing, like your captain in Santee did, um, is really important. And, and again, I feel like part of our job as people sort of mid-range in our careers, um, and you're senior, senior to me, but we have a duty to pass that down, but also there, you know, the generation before us had a duty to pass it to us. So I think that's a really important thing, man. And, um, you know, looking back, is there, if you could give your, your, your probie version of yourself, is there something that a piece of advice that you would give yourself? Um, it would, it would, it would be just have faith because a lot of times you don't know what the future is going to hold, but have faith that it's going to work out. It has, it's worked out for me. And you know what, when it, you talked about it earlier about, it's not about timing the market, it's getting into the market. When it comes to timing the market, I timed it at the wrong time every time. But you know what, I've made it work. And it's what I've learned is like, dude, have faith, take action, get in it. Just get in it, get after it. And to have faith that it's gonna work out. Because you know what, if you're doing the right thing, it will. And I wanna echo what you said earlier too about providing value when you're finding that mentor, provide value, like bring them something. And it's not only that, it's at the firehouse, it's at whatever your job is. It's not just you're showing up doing your thing for you. It's like, what can I do for the greater good? Or what can I do for my, my team, my organization? Just provide value and be that person. And when you're out there like being mindful of providing value, life will give you back tenfold what you give out. So just be mindful of that. Whenever you, you ask for help or whatever, or when you're at the firehouses, provide value for the guys and gals. Yeah, no, perfect. And I agree wholeheartedly the piece about um, whatever you put out comes back to you tenfold, whether that's um, in terms of a higher being or, or karma or whatever. I, I think that is 100% true, man. And uh, yeah, I think with that, you got knocked down your first alarm, bud. Oh, cool. Perfect. Right on. So, hey, if, uh, if people are looking to hear more about your story or, or learn more about you, where can they find you? They can find me at Fire Station 12. You can give me a call um, or just go down to NTC. I'll be down there working on the props and stuff. Um, I'm around. I like to talk. I always uh, throw it out there, but when I'm talking to somebody, it's like, hey, this is my experience. Take it for what it's worth. You know, this I'm one part of maybe a puzzle that, you know, you got to go out there and seek other people's information. Um, don't be afraid. Have faith and get after it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's perfect. For people that are not in town here, do you have a social media um, presence or, or is tracking you down at Fire Station 12 or NTC, our training ground area? Is that the best place to get you? Uh, I have an Instagram. I'm, I'm not like out there providing information or anything regarding this, but you can hit me up if you'd like. It's uh, Kaner5904, K-A-N-E-E-R 5904. And if you want to, you can send me a DM and we can talk about stuff. Perfect. No, that's great. I'll link to that in the show notes, man. Um, I want to thank you for uh, your time here today, Alex. I want to thank you too for all your hard work that you do for our fire department, man. It's uh, a lot of it is behind the scenes. A lot of it goes um, unnoticed until we are in the middle of some training exercise that, that uh, I know for sure you had your hands on. So I want to thank you for that. You got it, buddy. Right on. Well, have a great day, man. And uh, stay safe tonight. Thank you. Happy Halloween.
All right, thanks again to Alex for meeting me here in the bullpen. His message about not relying on the city to take care of all your problems, not relying on your employer to, to fix all your financial problems is perfect. Um, but the key for him and the key that we talk about here at the Firehouse the most is it's not enough to just have the information. You have to go out there and take action. you got to get up to the plate and take some swings. If you'd like to learn more about Alex, you can find him at Fire Station 12 in San Diego, down at NTC, our training facility, or you can find him on social media at Alex Kaner. That's at A Kaner. That's A K A N E E R 5904 on Instagram. If you'd like to learn more about us, we're on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's house On Instagram, the underscore fire underscore house. Or on LinkedIn, The Firehouse Investors. Or any place you listen to podcasts. If you learned something today and you'd like to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe. But no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Station F.